Let's look at the Word of God today. Uh, first, we are so privileged. I want to say that, and I want you to hear that in a clear way. We're so privileged to be God's people. And we should not act like the people of the world or act like, well, we're just like everybody else. That's true in one sense in that you're human, but in another sense it's totally untrue because you are God's children. You, you are God's people. You are his sheep, all right? So I want you to get that. Uh, also, uh, let me just jump into my message today because I want to talk about um, uh, faith or believing God, really. And my subject is the pathway to life, believe God. Or you could even say the pathway of life because it is believing God. Now, when we talk about believing, it's not so much like sometimes we use it in our English language. You know, when you're somebody, you go, well, I believe it's so. You know, showing that maybe there's a little, some uncertainty or doubt there. But believe, according to the Greek language, it's a word that's a little difficult for me to pronounce. Uh, believing, uh, believe is pistuo, pistuo. And uh, this word comes from the, the, the noun pistis, P-I-S-T-I-S, pistis, which means faith. Uh, faith, pistis, is faith. Well, uh, pistuo is the verb form, and uh, it, it means to believe. The verb form, pistuo, means to believe. Or also, it means to be persuaded of. You are totally persuaded of something. It means also to have, to place your confidence in something. To place your confidence um, I, I told a story when we were in Venezuela uh, several decades ago, and I knew some Spanish words, and, and I knew some, I could say things like, donde esta el baño, donde esta el hotel, you know, uh, that kind of thing. I could do that, or donde esta la escuela. Everything was a donde. And, uh, and, and so, <laughs> so, but I, I, I got along fairly well, you know. You know, tengo hambre. I can say that. Tengo hambre. I'm hungry. Tengo sed. I'm thirsty. I can say things like that. And uh, or uh, uh, yo quiero café. Or, 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 yo, or yo tomo café. You know, I could say things like that. And, but I couldn't say very much. I, I thought I could. So I was really speaking to the Venezuelans and uh, Venezolanos, and I was telling them all these things. And, and so later they whispered to uh, the one of our hosts, the, the lady who was responsible, Pastor Flores, who was responsible for us going there. Uh, he thinks he can speak Spanish, but she can. And, and so, I mean, I, I thought that was terrible. I thought, surely I speak more Spanish than my wife. But she had grown up in a barrio near here, and so she knew a lot of words too. But, but so I could not speak as well because I didn't have the confidence. You know, I, I, I lacked confidence. And I know the word in Spanish is confianza. But I, liked, I lacked confidence. And so here, believing, you cannot lack confidence and believe in God. You cannot lack confidence. So it is to place your confidence in him and to trust Christ and to rely on Christ. That's what this means. Not just say, oh, well, I believe that God exists. No, that's not what you're to do. You are to rely on him, put everything on him. 
in, the, in, the, in John chapter 1, verses 50 and 51, John chapter 1, verses 50 and 51, uh, Jesus answered uh, Nathanael because uh, Philip had seen Nathanael under this fig tree. Philip had gone to Nathanael and said, hey, Nathanael, we, we have found the, the Christ, the Messiah, uh, Jesus of Nazareth. And so Nathanael goes, can any good thing come out of Nazareth? You know, and uh, he said, come see. And so he was taking Jesus, uh, Nathanael to Jesus. And uh, when Jesus saw him coming, he says, hey, behold, an Israelite in whom there is no guile, no deceit. And he said, how do you know me? He said, before you were under the fig tree, uh, before Philip was talking to you, I saw you. He said, oh, you're the son of God. You're the, the Israel, you're the king of Israel. You're the Messiah. And so Jesus takes it up here. He says, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And I want to just stop for a moment and say that's what I sense about all of us here who have faith. We, you will see greater things than you have ever seen. In the days to come, you will see greater things. You will see the hand of God move like you have not seen the hand of God move. Yeah. And what that does, it gives you even greater confidence. Have you ever had a word from God you, you, for somebody and you start to tell them the word from God and they, their eyes got big and they went, oh, thank you, thank you. And then you got bold to tell them everything then. Yeah. Yeah, so that's what's going to happen in your lives. So Jesus says, if you believe because I told you I saw you, uh, under that fig tree, then you're going to see greater things than these. And he said to him, most assuredly I say to you hereafter, after this, after this encounter, you shall see heaven open. Now, isn't that amazing? You shall see. Now, I'm saying to you, you shall see heaven open. You shall see heaven open. Notice. And the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. Wow. You shall see. And so this man is so blown away by it. And if we should have time, we'll talk about it from uh, Jacob's perspective in the book of Genesis. When Jacob uh, was uh, leaving uh, Canaan, he was leaving there, going away to his mother's people in Syria. Uh, he was going to stay with his uncle Laban because his brother Esau was going to kill him. Was, his brother Esau was going to kill him because uh, he had um, stolen his birthright. Esau he stole his birth. And he, he took his blessing and his birthright. He, he got them both. Jacob got them both. Jacob was really after God. He, he, he didn't do it in the right way, but he was really after God. He was clawing and scratching, trying to find God. I would rather see somebody climbing and, I mean, clawing and scratching, trying to find God than somebody who was lackadaisical. Said, God knows who I am. You can come get me if he wants me. But this man was, and so he was trying to, to leave, and he, he, it was night befell him there at Bethel. So he, lay, he got a rock, put it under his head, and as he was dreaming that night, he saw heaven open. He saw a ladder that went from earth to heaven. And this, I wasn't going to get into this right maybe today, but he, he saw this ladder that went to heaven uh, um, they went to heaven, from earth to heaven. And, and, and on the top of this ladder was God. And God was speaking to him from this ladder. In other words, this ladder um, 
closed the gap between earth and heaven. This ladder connected earth and heaven. And this ladder is none other than Jesus who connects heaven and earth. And so he was giving Nathaniel a great revelation. And when Jesus speaks, do you just hear words or do you get the revelation? Are, the, are, are things revealed to you by the Spirit? Or is it just an exercise, a physical exercise? You came to church. Or maybe you did your so-called duty. No. But Jesus, this Jesus who is your Lord and God, this Jesus who is your Savior, your Redeemer, your Deliverer, this Jesus who is your very life connects you to heaven, irrevocably to heaven. Wow. Let me share a few things. I would like to say so much more about that. So much more about how you and I are connected. Heaven and earth have become one in the sense that those of us who are believers are already citizens there. We have our, we have our citizenship in heaven. We have our, our Savior is in heaven. God, our Father is in heaven. We've got loved ones in heaven. We're already connected there. It's an amazing reality. And the Lord wants you to enter into this reality more so now than ever. Not just because it's 2022, but because it's your birthright. Hallelujah, somebody. I want to talk a little bit about believing because this verb is so important. This verb is so important. I said to you uh, on Wednesday when I shared this message, uh, part of this message, that um, I believe in one of my Bibles, if I had my, uh, I would love to, to have the NIV, NBI, Nueva Versión Internacional. And it says something to the effect that, en el principio era el verbo. That's it, right? Era el, el verbo. Y el verbo, con Dios, right? Eh, no, estaba con Dios, estaba con Dios, right? Is that right? Read it for me. Ya existía el verbo. Y el verbo estaba con Dios. Y el verbo era Dios. And so, but I wanted to get, get the fact, not, not my, my poor reading, but I wanted to, to bring to you that, that Jesus is called here the verb. The verb. He is God in action. He is God in action. And he is also God in being. He is both God in action and God in being. And this is a very important point that I want you to not miss. I don't want you to miss that point because we're going to talk about it a little bit more should we have the time. Now, I want to say also that the four gospel writers, um, Matthew and, um, and um, Mark, Use this term, this verb, ten times each. Luke used it nine times. John uses this verb 99 times. 99 times he talks about, about believing as an action word, as, as movement. Now, notice what he says. Now, I want to continue kind of going a little bit further because in Acts chapter 5, verse 14, uh, the translators translate believers uh, using the present 
participle. Now, I'm not really that, that good in knowing all the grammatical things, but I, I think I speak pretty decent English. My wife's an English major and all of that. But it's the present participle. It's like saying uh, singing. I am singing. Pre present progressive. My study said nothing about any progressive. <laughs> Forgive me, Lord. So, so it's, but it, it, it is the present progressive. All right. I-N-G. It means it's in the process of, right? In the process of. Now, I'm not going to be looking to my left for a while. But it's in, the it's in the process of. So the translators took this, this verb, pistuo, and, and made it, call, and translated it believers. So be, now that you're a believer, you are always in the process of believing. You are, that's what makes you a believer. You cannot be a doubter but a believer because you are always believing God. And God is always giving you something to believe. He always challenges our faith. He challenges our faith, doesn't he? I hesitated there for a minute because I didn't know if I was in the present participle or the progressive. So I, I hesitated just a little bit. Yeah. yeah, super, super. Okay, more and more and ever and ever, in, in Acts 5, 14 it says, more than ever, be, uh, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women. So they were believers. Why? Because they exercised faith in, they put action to what they saw and heard. I want to look at, at John chapter 6, verses 28 and 29, where we again uh, see uh, something I think that is very instrumental to our faith. You will always be challenged in your faith. You will always be challenged. Sometimes, you know, have you ever said, man, I'm under attack, or boy, the devil is after me, or man, it seems like nothing is going right in my life. That's just a challenge to believe. You're just, you're, you're, God is making a believer out of you. And so I, I used to hate trials, and I don't just love them now, but I would hate them. I go, God, no. Again, you know, because I was always thinking about perhaps there is failure up there for me. And I was thinking, what if I don't make it? And I was thinking, I, so I don't want any tests because I don't want any failure. But when I understood that God, Jesus, the life of Christ in me, has made me more than a conqueror. He has made me, me an overcomer. I have been created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that I should not dodge them, but walk in them. So now I understand that these, uh, these fiery trials that come to try us are not per se attacking me. They're attacking my faith. They're attacking my confidence. They're attacking the fact that I rely on Jesus Christ no matter what goes on. So they, there's no way they're going to succeed. Why? Because greater is he who lives in you than he who lives in the world. That's what God wants you to understand. 
when I was young, you know, when I was younger, I would always think, oh, oh, Lord, Lord, please help me, Jesus, Jesus. And now when I see him, I say, oh, well, again, I might as well get about this. It's sort of like the bully that comes after you. When you're a kid, the bully comes after you. You run the big brother. You know, you run in the house. You do something. You run somewhere. And uh, then... Then, but then when you grow up and, and you get some muscularity, I'm, I'm talking about spiritual, you guys out there now. Uh, but you get some spiritual mus muscles and, and now you've got the muscularity and, uh, and you say, hey, I'm not running from you. I am not running from you. Who do you think you are? You know, and, and then you begin to confront the bully and you realize the bully is a coward. And this is what God wants you to understand, that, that, that the, the stronger you become in the Lord, the more you believe. You believe the day, you believe tomorrow, that's two times, and you believe the next day, and that's three times, and you keep believing every day and believing, believing, you get these spiritual muscles. That's what God wants you to do. And so now you are not just, as it were, uh, trying to believe. You are not a believer. You are you are a part of what God is making us all. That's so, so wonderful. Now, in, in, in John 6, 28, 29, two of my favorite verses. This is, I told you Wednesday that I have this beautiful verse that I was trying to make it fit into my message and, uh, because I love the verse. It was in John chapter 17, verses 1, 2, and 3. And I was trying to make them. And this is another one of them I was trying to make. It says, then they said to him, what shall we do, speaking of the Pharisees, by the way, what shall we do that we may work the works of God? They wanted to work the works of God without God. They were at the same time, they didn't mind being big shots, as, 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 as Pastor Sand says, uh, they didn't mind being super Christian, quote, quote, unquote. They wanted to be the superstars, but they didn't want God to be a part of it because they were rejecting God. There are a lot of people who would like to be famous, but they don't want to be famous in Jesus. Oh, you know what I'm saying? And so these people here, what, what shall we do to do the works of God? Now, what are the works of God? Jesus was opening blind eyes. That's amazing. You know, Jesus was uh, um, stopping the crypt, the, the funeral procession, and, and touching the coffin, and boy, it sits up. Jesus had gone to a, a Jairus' house, the ruler of the synagogue, and uh, said, oh, the girl's not, not dead. She's just sleeping. And they started to laugh at him and ridicule him. He said, well, get out of here. Well, he didn't say it like that. But, <laughs> but he did put them out. <laughs> and he just had the parents with him. And uh, uh, Peter, James, and John, I believe he had them with him. And he, he, he got the parents, and they went, and he said, little girl, I say to you, rise up. And she got, out, got up. So they said, we want to do stuff like that, but we don't want you to be a part of it. So Christians, we want to do what Jesus wants, and, we, and he must be a part of it. He must be an integral part of everything we say and do. He's our very breath. He must be a part of it. So Jesus answered them. I love the, the, the beauty of his answers. Uh, have you, when you read the Bible, just listen to his, how he answers. He is so beautiful. One, a preacher friend of mine used to be a friend of mine anyway. said, yeah, Jesus was using smart talk. I said, no, Jesus was doing using real talk. You know, this is how he says it. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God. They were rejecting him, but he says, this is the work of God. You want to do the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent? So you want to do the work of God? You have to believe in the one that he sent. If you want to do the work of God, 
Jesus must always be close to you. I know he is in your heart, but he should be in your mind as well. He has to be a part of everything you do, everything you think. You will say, I want miracles. You want Jesus. That's who you want. You want Jesus. You see, you've got to believe. You have to, it's an action word. You have to continue believing. This is amazing. And so he calls us believers because we continue to believe in every situation. Let's look at John chapter 6. Uh, again, in uh, verses 67 through 69. Now, in this context, Jesus had, was telling them something hard. When Jesus tells you something hard, what do you do? Now, I know if you're here today, Jesus has told you something hard. Maybe Jesus told you, I want you to tell that person over there that you love them and you really can't stand them. And, you, you, you know, you think they are just wrong. They're like two left shoes and... And I'm just, no, no. And Jesus says, I want you to tell him you love him. I want you to go tell the person who, who disagrees with you like 180. I want you to go tell them, put your arm around them and, and take them to lunch. And Jesus, I don't want to do that. See, this is what's going on, on here. Jesus said to these people, you're going to have to eat my flesh and drink my blood or you have no life in you. Now, being good Jewish people, they should have known what Jesus was saying. Jesus was talking, obviously, about the Passover, that you had to eat all of that roasted lamb, all of it. You could not leave any for, for some maggots to get in it, so, so to speak. You could not leave it on, uh, uh, till morning, no, no. You, 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 uh, you took the blood from that uh, animal and you put it over the the lintel and on the doorpost of the house that you were under, uh, in rather, and you wanted to make sure that the, uh, the death angel, when he came through Egypt that night, when he saw the blood, he would pass over you. So that's, that's like drinking the blood. It's like receiving the blood. He was speaking spiritually, like receiving the, the efficacy of the blood of Christ, receiving the fact that yeah, I've been saved permanently. Jesus doesn't save people temporarily, and he doesn't save them based on their ability to keep themselves. He saves you because he is that generous, that kind, and that eternal. So that's what Jesus was saying. And so I believe that I'm saved. There were times when I didn't know if I were going to be saved or not. Now, I don't know there's probably nobody here like that but me. But I thought, I'm, I don't know if I'm going to be saved. I mean, these, these people keep messing with me, you know. That's the way I was. And one of these days, I'm just going to break loose. I don't know if I'm going to stay saved. I don't know. And, and I remember one day he told me, he said, I'm going to get you to the throne. I was so excited. I, I knew God had spoken to me. I'm going to get you to the throne. And I thought, I don't know about the rest of them, but he's going to get me there. But no, he's going to get each of us there, each one of us to the throne. That's what believing comes. So I believe that. I'm not trying to believe that. I believe that with my, my dying breath, if you were to put a gun to my head and say, take it back, I said, no, because in just a minute, I'm going to see Jesus if you pull that trigger. That's how I believe. I believe it doesn't, it doesn't matter how strong, as it were, I am in myself. I am strong in faith. I am constantly believing Jesus is able to keep me from falling and to present me faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. And that's the same for you. That's what believing is all about. And so in this case, he has said something too hard. 
you know, uh, go put your arms around that Republican or, or go put your arms around that Democrat or go put your arms around that person who believes in abortion and you don't. And go put your arms around that person who uh, uh, believes that it's wrong, but you, you, you believe it's okay. Whoa. Go do that. And so in this case, these, his disciples walked away from him. Some 70 of them walked away. 70 walked away. They said, wait a minute, man. Jesus, we've been with you as long as you were healing everybody, doing everything that made us feel good. But now that you've required something of us that, I don't know, Jesus. I mean, this is a hard saying. I mean, I mean who can bear it? He said, wait a minute, the, the, the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit and life. And when you come in here, God is speaking spirit to you. He's speaking life to you. And he wants you to not be carnal and fleshly, but to understand what the real meaning is of the message. And so, and so then Jesus said to the 12, he looked at the 12. Now, Jesus did something that no 21st century preacher probably would do. You know, if, you, if 80% of your congregation leaves, 80 plus, I think, of your congregation leaves and then you're going to look at the remnant and go, you want to go? <laughs> I mean, that would even be a challenge for me. But Jesus looked at the 12. He says, do you also want to go away? Do you want to go away? You, you can't take the truth? You want to go away? I love Peter. Simon Peter, but Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Have you ever heard people say, well, oh, pray for me. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to backslide. I don't want to go out back into the world. Are you crazy? You're going to go out there to all that punishment? All those headaches after Friday night or Saturday night? You're going to go out there with all those, all those drugs out there that people take them and don't know who they are and where they are? You know, are you going to go back out there to, to shooting and whatever they do out there? You're going to go back to that kind of lifestyle whenever you can't even trust your best friend? You want to go out there? What do you mean, I don't want to backslide? No, this is the whole thing. I believe that he is able to keep me from falling. I believe. And that's why I'm a believer. I'm not going back to that stuff. So Peter says, to whom shall we go? You alone, one version says, you alone have the words of eternal life. You are the only person we can find this. And so, where are we going to go? He says, but that's not all. Also, we have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. We have come to believe. We have come to full faith. We believe. And we know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So the goal of our believing is to come to a settled place of knowing. Settled place of knowing. I believe. Therefore, I've spoken. I believe you are the son of God. These brothers so believe that it didn't matter how severe the persecution was. It didn't 
matter to them how cruel the punishment was going to be when they got caught. They persevered through everything because they had come to settle a settled confidence. You are who you say you are. One thing I like about getting older is that every day on my journey, I am more confident today than I was yesterday that he who keeps me does not slumber nor sleep. He never goes on vacation. He hears my every cry. And sometimes, so often, before I call, he answers. I love my journey. My journey is not fraught with all kinds of perils. My journey is like building blocks. One situation after another, I come to know him deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. And I go higher and higher and higher. And that's for you too. That's for you too. That's for you too. In Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I'm going to come back in a minute. And I want, I want everybody to, to think about it. you now are a believer. A believer. A believer because you are always found believing. So God has named you for who you are. You're a Christian because you're Christ-like. You're a believer because you're believing. It doesn't matter if the door is open. You know, when you get to that wall, something's going to happen. And there are so many believers here. You've walked with Jesus for a long time. You know that you've walked and you saw a solid wall in front of you. And you say, God, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to trust in you. I'm going to trust in you. Reminds me of that old song, I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord. I'm going to trust in the Lord until I die. I'm going to stay on bended knees. I'm going to stay on bended knees. I'm going to stay on bended knees till I die. That's my testimony. What's yours? What's yours? Tell you what we're going to do right now. Go ahead and turn the lights back on. This man couldn't wait for the invitation. So I'm going to give the invitation to everybody. I want to give an invitation. You want Jesus, you come on down right now. You want to give your heart to Jesus Christ, you come on down right now. You don't have to wait for in a moment. Follow Pastor Jackson. Follow his direction. Yeah, you may if you want if you want to. Yeah, you may. Yes, sir. You may get on your knees. Is there anybody else in this house? 
you want to give don't don't think about it too long just say I'm coming to the Lord you can stay right there sir yeah Father God, you see these men who are coming. One says, I need Jesus. The other one has a need. He has two needs. He has a need to, to be saved and to be healed. And you came to save, heal, and deliver. So you're going to do both. Lord, we lay our hands upon these men. We lay our hands upon these men. In Jesus' name. This one who has just confessed his sin. Confessed his sins. Said, this is who I am. He told me starkly who he is. And you are forgiving him. Jesus said. Okay. Father, you heard him. He says he's coming to give himself to you. He has no solution but you. You are the solution to all of his needs, not just the healing of cancer, but to heal him from sin. Sin is a greater cancer than physical cancer. Sin will follow you through the next life forever and ever and ever, world without end. Physical cancer will die in this life and never follow you to the next. So yet their greatest need is Jesus. So I want you both to repeat after me. Dear God, I come to you. I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I need Jesus. Jesus, will you save me? Thank you for saving me. I repent of all of my wrong. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to make me a new person. Thank you, Jesus, for hearing my prayer. I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe you died for me. I believe God raised you from the dead and that you are on the hand, right hand of God now. And one day, Jesus, you're going to come for me because I've repented of my sins this day. Thank you for your forgiveness. In Jesus' name. Father, and now I lay my hands upon this man and ask you not only to, that you would heal him from sin, but you would heal this cancer. In Jesus' name, take it away. Take it away in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, for this man who is now my brother, put a new song in his mouth. Put new words in his mouth. Let them come deeply from the heart. 
and let him never wound anyone again with his words. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Do we have some Bibles? Sir? We'll give both of them. Okay. Thank you. They're going to give you each a Bible when you come down. All right. Brother James, we'll do it now. Come on now. We're going to serve communion now. <laughs> 